It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to uh, another episode of Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. It is episode number something. 185. 185? Yeah. We're getting closer to 200, I know, man. It's not that far away. What? We'll be there before you know it. This year. We'll be there sometime this year. Yeah, because we're, we're on a pretty, we're on a pretty uh, tight schedule now. Yeah. We actually, see, back in the day, we used to kind of just record whenever. Um, yeah, we'd figure we'd find time. And yeah, then... it'd be like, hey, we haven't recorded for a while. Let's uh, let's get together. What day works for you? Oh, that doesn't work for me. Well, how about this? Well, how about next month? You know, and it's... Because we're both we both have full time jobs. We're busy, and we have families. Families, and so you know, so you got more family than I do. I got two kids. <laughs> you got four. Right. So. But uh, yeah, but now we're we're kind of getting on a schedule, on a routine, and we're cruising right through all these episodes. Yeah, and, and keeping lots them rolling. of great great interviews, and we have a great interview coming up. But before that, I gotta just say. Uh, for those of you who live in the Portland, Vancouver metro Pacific area, Northwest, um, Pacific, the upper left USA, yep, that part. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're just coming off of the end of what's been one of the biggest snowstorms uh, since I think the last one that had this much snow was in 2008, um, something like that. And we don't get a lot of snow up here in the Northwest. Um, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that. People like in the Midwest mm-hmm. and in you know North Dakota, Minnesota, um, you know Chicago. I mean, all those places, Illinois. Um, I have a feeling that they look at us and just laugh. I, I they do for sure because because I'm from the Midwest. Okay, so and I laugh at us. Yeah, so, so you got to understand. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're not from around here, what happens whenever we get snow, especially snow? You know, we, we had about anywhere from you know eight inches to a foot, depending on where you're from. That actually like 13, 14 inches right up in Salmon Creek. Did here. you? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So and I'm it's on a lot the, of snow. I'm on the east part of Vancouver. Anyway, the point is. The entire city shuts down. Just completely. Like completely shuts everything down. Everything shuts down. Schools, businesses. The government. Everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, the county shut churches. down. Churches. Churches. <laughs> we we had to we had to close yep. church because what happens is no one knows like what to do with all the snow. Like people aren't equipped for it and, and people just freak out. Right. And I'm I'm not I'm not like a fair weather kind of guy. Like like, you know, I drive around, like we go out, we we sled, we do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's people like like my parents, for example, they literally just shut themselves inside, yep, yep. they lock the doors, they do not go out. And that's and and I'm like, we we gotta just be the laughing stock yeah. of we need to man up a little bit, right. I think. I so mean, today is the first day that my kids have been in school for seven days. They have been out of school for seven days. And they had only been back in school for like two, two days. Three, yeah, <laughs> like, at the new year, right? Yeah. <laughs> so new year happened. They were back in school for a few days. And then Wednesday, this happened. 
the the eight inches or twelve inches mm-hmm. or whatever of snow. And I get it. Like so, maybe the first day, you know, okay, you got to close it down, you got to plow the roads, you got to do whatever you need to do. But then Thursday, everything should be Friday, back to normal. And right? well, Monday was a holiday, Martin Luther King. And then Tuesday—that's that's what got when they closed school yesterday on Tuesday. I just about lost it. <laughs> Because it was just rain. Right. But, but it was freezing rain, well, which is something you don't want to mess no, with. No, I understand, except for the fact, I don't know how it was here, but where, where we were in our area, East Vancouver, it was just rain. Yeah. It was just rain all day. But the news had, like, scared everyone right. so, like, everyone was so scared that people just preemptively started shutting down. Right. Anyway. Let, I, me, let me just tell you a little story. Here we go. Well, first, on New up, up where we live, 1,000 feet in elevation, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, over that night, we got eight inches of snow overnight. And we had church that morning. So like I had to get out, you know, plow the driveway. And then right. we had to drive through eight inches of snow that hadn't been plowed yet to get to church, you know. So like it is possible. It's you, not you did it. You made it. There are trees down on the road. I had to get out four or five times coming down the hill to move trees out no. of the road so we could <laughs> but but it's possible to move around when it snows. But um growing up in Ohio, we you know we don't have we didn't get nearly as much snow as they get like up in Michigan and Wisconsin and all that stuff you know, and uh, and and New York just gets pounded with snow every year. But we there there'd be times where we got snow. One example, and so they do shut down schools and stuff in Ohio if you get enough snow. After Christmas, right the night be- the night before we were supposed to go back to school after Christmas break, we got eight inches of snow, and it was cold and it stuck around all week, and so we were out of school that week. And then, but on Friday, it started raining. Everything kind of cleared up. All the snow was gone. And then on Saturday night, we, we got another snow. We got um, 32 inches of snow in 24 hours. What? Yeah. What? 32 inches of snow in 24 what? hours. And then, um, so we were obviously out of school again. But uh, my mom worked at a nursing home, and so she got stuck working at the nursing home for 36 straight hours. Oh, my dad and I borrowed the neighbor's four-wheel drive truck to go pick her up so she could come home and sleep. And then, so this is like two or three days into having this much snow on the ground. And then just like happened here, it got cold. And it iced up. Well, um, it didn't, I mean, it didn't ice up, but it was just, it was, it was cold. So we took her back to work on like Wednesday after the Sunday. And um, when we left the house, it was eight below zero. What? Eight below zero. We went down to where she's working, 10 o'clock at night, crystal clear night. And, you know, no, just you can see the stars cold. Uh, we're digging out her car so she can come home the next morning. Literally, I get icicles on my eyelids. We have to go inside <laughs> for a little while to warm up after we've been trying to dig out mom's car. We That's go cold. back out. We finish. We come back home. But in the in the two hours, it had dropped to 15 below. That night, it got down to 40 below zero. Is that a real thing? Real thing. True story. 100% true story. 40 below zero? 40 below zero. Yeah, water mains broke and everything. Wow. And it was like, so, okay. So that's that's winter. That, that Yeah. Yeah, Portland, Vancouver has not experienced 40 below. We've experienced snow. Eight inches of snow. And, you I mean, know. That's, and a good, that's a good amount of snow. And 12 I get inches it. of snow. I get it. There's some ice and stuff. But, I mean, at some point, yeah, you got to man up. Anyway, yeah. enough venting. Yeah. Enough of that. I just had to get that out. Yeah, we had to t- well, we had to talk about this. Today's snow. the first day yeah. my kids are back in school. Yeah. And uh, at this, let's see, where are we at now? Um, our end date, last day of school, because of all the snow days we've had to make up, 
our last day of school uh, is now June 28th. Wow, that's June creeping. 20, we're almost in July. Almost. Almost in July. That's a good thing about homeschooling. No <laughs> snow days. You're like, hey, we're still <laughs> going to school. Anyway. If, if you want to play in the snow, we got to get your schoolwork done <laughs> so you can go you out and play it. this afternoon. So uh, anyway, so uh, like we said, we have, <laughs> we have a great interview for you yes. today. Yes, yes, And uh, we're going to jump right into that right now. This is our interview with Sarah Joseph. Well, we are here with Sarah Joseph, who uh, is a Christian author, but probably more importantly, a Christian artist, and that's what we're going to focus in on and talk about today. So, uh, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Right off the bat, would you take just a few minutes and kind of introduce yourself to us, uh, give us maybe a a little bit of your story, and then maybe tell us a little bit about uh, your journey uh, as an artist to this point? Um, well, um, I am a Christian visual artist. Um, I uh, work in multiple media like pen and ink, watercolors, acrylics, uh, sculpture and polymer clay and a whole host of other media that are tactile and visual. Um, and, uh, as, as far back as I can remember, I've always been visually sensitive, but, um, I think the journey quite began that even though I got training as an artist, um, I did not really consider it to be of any great importance, just, you know, uh, preferred to stay as a Sunday painter or just uh, play around with it initially. But um, as time went on, I think that it became uh, a deeper um, realization that really maybe God wanted me to use this um, to in a manner that I was really not even cognizant of at the time that I began. So it was a slow process of really uh, growing and understanding of what the Lord wanted me to do with this. Um, I still don't know all of it, but uh, I don't think anyone can know all of it. But um, so anyway, so I am now currently showing in two galleries here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I used to co-own a gallery um, also here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for the last 12 years. I've been, um, you know, helping to run this really large gallery that we finally sold. And um, um, so it's been an adventure. So I'm, I'm uh, you know, entrenched in the visual arts um, right here in the Metroplex, in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, but um, primarily as a Christian artist, I kind of keep it as narrow a focus as possible. Does that answer a little bit of what you had in mind, your question? Yeah, yeah. No, great. Um, so... We uh, will talk about some of the books that you've written in a little bit. But first, before we get to the books, um, I want to talk about uh, that role of being an artist kind of in the Christian world, um, or excuse me, uh, the role of being an artist in this world, which, as we know, kind of, uh, you know, is a little bit removed from a lot of the, you know, spiritual Christianity that we see. David and I have talked a lot on this show about what is like uh, being creative and how we are created in God's image, being created by a creator, we are naturally creative. Can you speak, Sarah, a little bit to that idea of uh, being a creative individual created by God, but living in this world, 2017, in in this country? Um, yes, uh, I think uh, the the thing that moved me from Um, just being a a Christian artist, I mean, an artist at all, and considering my faith in in context with, as you're describing it, is that I think what is uh, 
really pertinent in the arts today is that we are all engaged in the creation of a product of some sort uh, with a specific audience. And uh, really what the Lord showed me <laughs> is that uh, we are more than the product we create, whatever that product be, whether it be a poem, uh, a, a dance, a song, or whatever it is, uh, we are more than that. And uh, so that transition, uh, and I think probably what, uh, and I can't speak to all uh, artists, but because I did interact with a lot of Christian artists, uh, but they kept their faith on the back burner because they were more interested in being excellent at their craft and creating something that gained as broad an audience as possible. Um, so this melding of your faith and the art was rather a new concept at the time that I began considering it seriously, which is a good number of years ago. Uh, but I think that's the problem with uh, contemporary Christianity is that we view uh, creativity as the, whatever that final end product is as we go along instead of it being an inherent whole of all that we are. Um, you know, we're really far more than the product we are. Uh, we are both the, the messenger, the message, um, everything in our lives really should uh, speak to who we are in Christ. And, um, and the second we divorce it into these little um, multiple little niches, or oh, are you a worship leader um, or are you a musician or are you a songwriter or whatever, you kind of separate uh, the totality of who you are in Christ, which is so huge and so vast. I don't think in our lifetimes each of us can plumb the depths of what that means. Yeah. Well, you've, you've kind of started talking about uh, artists and being a Christian artist. Um, one of the things that uh, has been true for a long time is that uh, Christian arts have kind of been uh, maybe maybe scorned, might be a polite way of putting it, and uh, some of it, you know, uh, is kind of looked at with disdain for being trite or uh, maybe even pithy. Uh, why would you uh, why would you think Christian art has become uh, become so treated with contempt? Um, I you know I think you know as human beings we all yearn for affirmation. Uh, we want uh, whatever we put our hands and our hearts to to be appreciated and to be liked. And I think uh, any time uh, for me to even in the earlier years to have tagged myself as a Christian artist, I decided I was going to step out and really be bold and say, yes, I am a Christian artist. And so and, uh, you know, and in it was an environment where that was really looked on, like you said, with a good deal of contempt and uh, scorn. Um, and the, the reason that I find that uh, there is a tendency to become formulaic is because we're so yearning for um, someone to say, well done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think that well done really is misplaced. Uh, it, it should only come from the Lord. And that is a big statement. Uh, it should be Jesus who says, well done. Um, and that should be who we aspire to please. And so uh, when we view creativity in the light of that, uh, of who are we seeking to please, um, then I feel we could step out of the formulas of creating. Uh, you know, for me in the visual arts, when I mentioned Christian artists, everybody immediately thought, oh, she, you know, you probably just paint pictures of Jesus and the Bible. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's how narrow it can be. And, and you know, I don't knock the artists who do paint pictures of Jesus and the Bible because, you know, I believe there is a place in the arts for that too. But there's so much more. There's so much more. And it's such a vast and exciting field. If we can just step out of this thing of, you know, I want to create work that somebody will buy or I want to create work that somebody will applaud. Uh, 
right into, I would like to create work that Jesus might say, well done, uh, mm. even if it means nothing to another soul. Mm. Uh, and that takes a certain boldness and, um, and uh, yeah, I guess, faith. Yeah, I, you know, I really, Sarah, thank you. I really appreciate what you're saying about that idea of creating art not for money or sale. I mean, certainly that happens and that's not a bad thing, but creating art for the glory of God I think myself and probably a lot of listeners who are listening right now, when we think of Christian artists, we think of, you know, walking into the Christian bookstore, mm-hmm. you know, and we see the, uh, you know, whatever, the the Footprints poem or right. the, uh, you know, Thomas Kincaid or, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, what you're <laughs> describing is not, is not just that. And um, I think it might be helpful maybe, Sarah, can you share a couple of examples of what, uh, art can can look like, you know, call, being a Christian artist and what Christian art can look like that isn't necessarily pictures of Jesus in the Bible. Um, yes, actually, there's um, a whole field that is developing uh, that is quite exciting, and people call it uh, prophetic art. And I don't, I'm not sure I, I quite agree with the term prophetic per se, but really, what it is is tapping in to, you know, just to, uh, to step back and to get into that creative flow when you are creating a piece, whatever it is, and really uh, shutting down all forms of criticism of anything outside of just prayer and worship, and then coming up with something that really probably does not look like much when you begin, um, but staying with it, you know, prayerfully reworking it, working it and, uh, and disassociating yourself with the view of, okay, how, uh, who will like this? Mm. <laughs> or this doesn't look like anything. Who will hear this? Who will sound, you know, what will it sound like or whatever? It, uh, it doesn't look anything like anything familiar, but coming out with some sort of product, which takes, again, I'm going back to the product because at the end of the day, we do have something which is what we would call output, right? Um, so the thought is that when you come to that final creative piece, whatever that is, um, if you do it in this process where you really refuse to be swayed by anything other than a prayerful, worshipful attitude where, you know, I don't care if no one likes it, but um, I'm going to press on, then it does something um, later for whoever God brings about to see or view or hear that piece. And as a vivid example, and this has happened so many times, and I think the those proponents of prophetic art can talk about this a lot, is that works that I have created many, many times um, without ever knowing who the end viewer will be who will purchase the work has ended up, uh, the person who has finally purchased it or even looked at it or whatever has been so moved mm. because it has been extremely pertinent to that one person. Oh, wow. Uh, that, uh, I mean, there's, uh, I have a story in the book where it was a widow that saw something that for some reason I saw uh, at a totally different, uh, you know, I mean, a, a year apart, I mean, backwards in time even, um, that was an encouragement to her that when she walked up to the piece in a, in a place with hundreds of other pieces of art, um, she just stood there and wept because it was something the Lord had been speaking to her about. Uh, I mean, it's, it's you could call it bizarre, but it's the kind of thing that only the Holy Spirit could work. Um, and we have to get out of the way for that to happen. So um, <laughs> I don't know if this answers the question, but what I mean is there's so many deep, depths of creativity that you can yeah. go to if we get out of the 
what will someone buy it or will someone like it <laughs> mindset. Right. Now you you referenced your book uh, just a second ago. Um, let's talk a little bit. You've written a book called uh, you wrote a book called Gently Awakened. Can you uh, talk about that book uh, just real briefly? What it is, what it's about, and even what compelled you to write that book, Gently Awakened. Um, yes, uh, Gently Awakened was uh, you know uh, it, it was written. I am not uh, you know I was not a proficient uh, writer, or it was not even on my radar because art was primarily my focus, um, but. Um, the journey that I had taken, I d- decided to share in a website, uh, the Christian Artist Resource website, and um, just by articles, one at a time of explaining, just you know, trying to explain things that were dear to me that I saw other artists struggling with, and I really didn't know if it would strike a chord with anyone until I started receiving emails and letters and stuff from around the world, uh, because I found that all Christian artists, whatever their media of creativity was and were facing the same issues and the same challenges, uh, primarily they're concerned with how on earth am I going to make it if I decide to focus, to narrow my focus so much and be a Christian artist versus an artist, um, you know, where my faith is going to be um, shouting out loud uh, in everything that I do, um, how am I going to survive? And so I just thought, you know, I know how I have done it. I have been in there and I know what the pain is. I know how, you know, I know um, how to make it happen. I know uh, how the Lord provides. I know all of these things. So why don't I consider? And it wasn't really me considering. I really felt the Lord was nudging me saying, you know, just write what you know. You don't know all. Of course, you don't know everything. But what little you know may be of use to someone else. And so that's basically how I uh, wrote the book. And so the book is really addresses a lot of the concerns that most artists have, primarily financial. Uh, you know, how am I going to survive financially? How am I going to, um, you know, uh, how will I be creative enough? You know, that's another struggle that a lot of creative people have. You know, you 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 worry that you're going to run out of ideas. Then what? You know, and I have a simple solution for that, by the way. I told the Lord if I ran out of ideas that I was just going to repeat myself. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) And when you repeat yourself, it's funny. He will he will make it richer. He will make it deeper. I mean, it is the most marvelous partnership. I mean, if I can say anything about Jesus, it is that he's infinitely interested in your unique creativity. And he truly has specific people that he wants your gifts to touch. Um, move and change. And um, so, you know, that's the passion behind what I write and the website that I keep available for anyone that has similar questions. So well, so much of what you're saying, I think, is so true that we, that needs to be said and reemphasized and talked about often. And um, I don't know, Kevin and, and Sarah, I don't know if you have heard of Simon Sinek or Sinek, Simon Sinek. I have not. Um, no, I don't have either. Uh-huh. Yeah, he did a well. He did a TED talk uh, called "Start with Why," and the, I don't know if I think the book "Start with Why" actually came first, and then he did the TED talk. I don't know. I think a lot of TED talks are are just kind of basically promotion for an author. <laughs> they're good. I mean, they're really good, but uh, I uh-huh. think that's what a lot of them end up being. But sure. anyway, he's not a believer, and he understands this. And the sad thing is, for a lot of us as believers, we don't always understand it. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, we have to start with the right why. Like so many times we want to go to the what and the how. Mm-hmm. 
and and we we go to okay what am i going to do and how am i going to do it you know what like like you were talking about you know what am i what's it's the focus is all on the piece of work and and maybe trying to please somebody with a piece of a piece of work but it's the wrong somebody and uh you know starting with with the right why i think really it it changes everything and i'll just speak from my own personal experience i used to have often uh, the motive of wanting people to be pleased with my songs that i wrote right you know i would write a song and i think man this is this is going to really be something for this group of people or for this right. this person maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you're the only songwriter in the history of the world who's ever struggled with that. <laughs> I think so. I, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I, I think yeah, anyone who's anyone who's listening who's a songwriter, we yeah, we I totally get it. Like man. we want to impress someone right. with the song, right? Right. We want people to walk away from after we sing that song or perform that song. It's what like, a great song! Wow! Wow! Like just like blown away by this, you know, whatever and. Um, but that's the that's not the right why. That's the wrong why. And I think that's so much of why our Christian art has come up short mm-hmm. is because we're trying to please or trying to sell something, right? And I and one of the things that I've noticed as I talk with artists over the years is so many people are just like you're saying, they're focused on 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 how to make ends meet as an artist, and that becomes the why. Mm-hmm. And that can't be the why as a Christian artist, because the why has to be we're created in God's image for God's glory. And so we want mm-hmm. to use the gifts that he's given us to glorify him. Right. Right. And I think that I think what you're saying is so, so accurate with just I just wanted to jump in there and reemphasize, reemphasize yeah, it a little good. bit. But uh, let's let's maybe turn courses just a little bit, because this isn't all you do. This isn't the only thing that you talk about. You've actually done some uh, devotional coloring books. Uh, yes, that uh, was actually a challenge uh, given to me by a friend of mine that uh, who um, you know said that everybody else was doing it. Why don't you kind of thing? And <laughs> you should too. Come on, Sarah. Yeah, you should too. Exactly. And you know, I just kind of balked at the idea, but um, and I was running from it as fast as I could. But um, basically, I when I did, it was you know part of uh, you know, when I work, I usually I spend a lot of time in prayer before I create anything, um, and not in a not in a you know, I don't want it to sound like you're very, um, I don't know. Uh, it, it's just conversations with Jesus. It's the easiest thing in the world. Mm. It's really not, you know, the sanctimonious super press that you would associate when someone mentions prayer, but it's basically conversations like, Lord, what do I do today? You know, mm. how do I begin and what should I work on and so on. Um, and the coloring book thing kept resurfacing primarily because um, when I went online, I saw this was such a deep hunger among really successful people, um, you know, who are, um, you know, just would uh, high CEOs, you know, corporate people, people you would think who should have everything together, who are struggling to find a way to calm down and were actually purchasing these books that had all these little spaces to fill with color and calming down by doing this one activity that made absolutely no sense to me at all. But <laughs> <laughs> but I figured, wow, if, if there's, there's obviously something to this. And um, the, then the, I thought about it and I thought, okay, probably it's just the fact that you are calming down in a stressful world and how much better if you were to calm down and be able to think about specific spiritual truths in the Bible as you were coloring. And of course, it's not a new concept and there are other Christian coloring books out there. But I did mine more as a devotional and focused on a single theme or a single 
topic and mine is consider the lilies and really addressing specifically the stressful environment that forced smart people to live such complex lives that they had to resort to coloring like a child to calm down. Um, so, um, you know, so the book is Consider the Lilies based on Jesus's words that, you know, consider the lilies of the field and Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these. And if God so clothes the lilies, you know, how much more will he take care of you? And so that concept uh, is broken down in the book. Um, and the book is full of colors, uh, you know, coloring pictures of lilies, uh, that they can color in great detail. Um, but a combination of both, I figured, would be priceless because you'd be spending time with Jesus, who always changes you when you spend time with him. Oh. And coloring, which should technically calm you down. But if it doesn't, <laughs> Jesus is always there, right? <laughs> so, uh, sir, we're, we're almost out of time here, but I got to ask, because I've, I've seen these coloring books everywhere. My wife, my wife has a coloring book. My wife, my wife too. Right? And my, and my older kids do. Yeah, and and it's you're, you're absolutely right, Sarah. Like, these coloring books have kind of popped up. Um, I, I love what you're talking about, how you combine a devotional with this idea of a coloring book. Uh, you, you have one out right now, Consider the Lilies. Uh, you're working, uh, one's gonna, another one's gonna come out at the end of March, Power of the Seed. But tell me, why has this coloring book thing become such a phenomenon? I mean, is, is it just, I, I, per, I personally haven't done it. My wife is into it. I know other people that are into it, but what is it? Is it just a calming thing? Uh, what has become so amazing about I, I, this coloring book? I think it's, you know, it's back to the product idea. I think people enjoy creating something that looks good at the end of the day. And when you have a drawing that someone else has already done, that they can see what it's going to look like when they are finished. Um, you know, you're not, uh, I think people are nervous about taking an art class because they worry that the final product may not be that great. But here are the bones of the drawing already provided for you in a coloring page. So I know that the people that, a lot of the people that purchase the book would go, oh yeah, I love this lily or I like that lily. And they pick and choose the, the pages they're going to uh, color based on what uh, already appealed to them in the drawing. And so this gives them an opportunity to be creative within limits, within the lines, uh, which, you know, I never colored within the lines ever in my life. So I just don't <laughs> understand it truly. Uh, but I don't mind the drawing for someone who would want to do that. And so that's basically what it is. So. Well, uh, like Kevin said, we're just about out of time. And before we finish up, we'd love it if you would, Sarah. Uh, would you give us, uh, as artists, uh, maybe a little encouragement? What would you say to us that uh, you've wanted to say to you know an audience of artists before, maybe never had the chance, and uh, and just kind of give us some some words to live by as you as we finish up this conversation today? Um, I would like to say that you have been created incredibly. Um, by a God who cares deeply uh, about your creativity. And um, and if you want to grow in your creativity, if you want to touch and scratch the uh, possibilities that you just don't can't even fathom today, then there's only one way to do it, which is a closer walk with Jesus mm. and quick obedience to what he says. If he says, you know, you're going to be stuck in obscurity for the next five years of your life, you know, willingly embrace it and work in that obscurity. 
because someday he will he will take you out of that and bring you to a place um, where your work will be seen and received. Um, so you know, uh, it's we ought to walk so close to Jesus that we stride in the in the dust of his footsteps, in his path, oblivious to other routes or distractions, and conscious only of sticking as close as we can to not miss a word. So I would say conversations daily with him. Um, all of these are the tools I feel that can you know, just take Christian artists, whatever they are, musicians, writers, whatever, um, into realms of creativity that we really have not even understood yet. So I hope that answers your question. Oh, that's great. Sarah, thank you so much for your time, for being on the show. Uh, real quick, if um, people want to get in contact with you or if they want to find your uh, your book, Gently Awakened, or your uh, coloring devotional, Consider the Lilies, how can they uh, find you, find out about you? How can they get in touch with the products and the books that you have? Um, thank you. Yes, um, uh, the books are available on Amazon uh, by those titles. Uh, I have a website, uh, which is www.christianartistresource.com, uh, which addresses, you know, in greater depth uh, as, uh, aspects of this creativity and has a lot of my work on there. So you can see a visual trail of all the stuff that I've been working on. Um, hopefully that answers the question. I hope you'll come by and visit the website. And if not, just jump on Amazon and look up the titles of the book and you should find it there thank you yeah well thanks mm-hmm. so much for your time and uh we'll talk to you again soon we hope yeah thank you so much i appreciate it good stuff yeah that was good you know was- i um i really really appreciate uh I, I mentioned this during the um interview but just want to reiterate i really appreciate uh, just that attitude, that perspective of, you know, um, it doesn't have to be uh, about money. You know, you talked about the why question. Why are you doing it? And there's that crazy thing that happens where uh, when you're doing art for the glory of God, uh, it can actually end up being a beautiful thing. Um, and, yeah, just really, really uh, great perspective. Yeah, and I, I hope it, because it's challenging to me, I hope it really just challenges us to to investigate our motives. And I know... Um, you probably deal with this pretty regularly and probably a lot of worship pastors out there deal with it on a regular basis. We have people in our church who you know, are, are doing some form of art and, but it seems like the only motive they have really behind doing art is they want to get up on stage and do it for, you know, perform it for people or yeah, get it in front of people. Kind of the idea of the glory of man, not for the glory of God. Right. Yeah. And it's like, or doing a video, you know, working on video, the reason they want to do the video is so they can, so people can watch it. And you know, that's not a bad thing, but it's not the best thing, right? You know, we, we want to make sure, at least I think when it comes to being a Christian artist, a Christian creative, that we ought to make sure our motives are 100% in check, that we're doing this because God created us to do this and we want to glorify him with what he's given us. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, after we recorded the interview, once we uh, stopped recording, uh, it was really, really encouraging. Sarah was just talking to us about, hey, uh, you know, whatever you do, like do it all in for the glory of God. Um, You know, she's saying, you know, basically, hey, there's been times where, where money's been tight, but God's always provided. You know, throughout my life, God has always provided because I felt like this is my calling. I felt this is what God's calling me to do. And uh, and, I, and I've and i always been able to, you know, essentially make ends meet. And I thought, you know, just a great challenge, a great reminder that when we do things for God, you know, it's not always going to be the prettiest. 
Uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes maybe things are tough. You know, God never promises us a perfect, uh, you know, life free from any, uh, you know, any bad things. Like, you know, God doesn't say, uh, follow me. You know, he says, take up your cross Mm -hmm. and follow me. And sometimes there's a heaviness and there's a burden and it's not always roses and butterflies, you know? But when, I mean, if you're following him, doing what you're supposed to do, he will provide. Absolutely. And I you know, I think as long as he's getting the glory and that's the that's the whole point, that's the whole reason behind what you're doing, that's that's who God is. He's going to provide for you, his child, yeah. and we just need to trust in that. So yeah, it's a great word. I really enjoyed having Sarah on the show. That was yeah. fun. That, was, that fun. was great. So if you want to get in touch with Sarah, you can go to uh, christianartistresource.com. We will have a link to that in the show notes. And uh, so you can just go to worshipministrycatalyst.com and look up the show notes for this episode, episode 185, and uh, you can find the link there, and we'll make sure to help you get in touch as best you can if you want to find that. Her books were Gently Awakened, and that's on Amazon if you want. That's more talking about the artists and Christian arts and that kind of thing, so it'd be a good book for you to read if you're looking to venture into this world. And then the two adult coloring books, uh, Consider the Lilies, is already out. You can go pick that up on Amazon and the power of the seed will be coming out later this year. And so make sure you're checking back for that. Uh, good, good approach to your devotions kind of help you be creative and be uh, spending some time with Jesus. At the yeah. Same I, I got to get these books from Melanie, you know, she's yeah. all into the coloring thing and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to pick up a, a copy or two of that for our wives and uh, maybe we'll try one. I've never been a big colorer. I, I haven't either. You know, and the I, thought kind of stresses me out of like, <laughs> It's like, oh man, no, it's funny. I was going to ask Sarah, we, um, uh, just didn't have, uh, the time, but I was going to ask her, is this, you know, is this primarily, uh, you know, the market, like, like something that women enjoy, Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, are there guys that do? And I'm sure there are, are, um, I, I just, at least what I've seen just in terms of, you know, my friends and my wife and her friends, you know, seems like a lot of them, but I think that also goes into being a mom, like being a mom is stressful. Mm -hmm. And so if you can have just like a half hour to just like sit in color, uh, that can be a beautiful thing. Right. So go check those out and uh, support Sarah in this. And uh, you can be a part of, you know, God's providing for her by by buying these books and supporting her as an artist. So awesome. that's all the time we have for this episode. Uh, you can find us online, worshipministrycatalyst.com, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, or you can send an email to me at uh, wait, what is it? Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin, at worship, <laughs> I'm like, wait, what, what, Kevin at worship ministry catalyst.com. Yeah. And, uh, as always, we love it when you support us through, uh, iTunes and Google play and kind of give us good reviews there. Let other listeners know about us. And if you will, you know, just, you know, share us with some of your friends, some of the people in your church, even if it'd be, I could see this being a great, a great resource to kind of help, you know, kick off, you know, creative arts group in your church. You know, it's like, Hey, you know what? I've I found this podcast with these couple of nerdy guys, and they talk about snow and football. Yes. But they also talk to some really cool people, and uh, maybe we could listen to that, and maybe it'll kind of help you know kick us off in the See, arts. Once you get past all the snow and football and friendly banter talk, uh, there's some good stuff in yeah, our yeah, podcast. Yeah, they're really. <laughs> But uh, so anyway, you know, get a few people together, listen to the podcast and just see if it doesn't help you guys, uh, you know, do your art for the glory of God. And and, uh, let us know if you do that. We'd love to hear how that works. But anyway, that's all we have for this episode. We'll talk to you again later. Bye. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. 